Welcome back to another episode of Season 2 of Stern Chats. We continue to feel proud to help represent NYU Stern and bring to light some of our truly incredible community members. Today's episode features Jordan Harris. So, Cherry, do you want to tell us more about who we have on the show today? Jordan Harris's story is a slam dunk. Oh, Sherry, is that a basketball pun? It's a really bad joke. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not a good joke. It's not my best, but Jordan Harris is a second-year MBA student, and he's the one that you always tap on the shoulder in front of you in Paulson Auditorium because he is so tall. So tall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably recognized him on the first day. Probably spun him out of a crowd. Absolutely. Yeah. Jordan is a former pro athlete who played professional basketball overseas before joining IMG in event production. Yeah, it sounds like he's got some great stories to tell. I'd love to hear about some of the events he's produced. About some slam ball and traveling all over the world, dunk contest. Dunk contest. Yeah. Do you think you could dunk? No, I definitely can't. I'm 5'8", Sherry. <laughs> so Jordan's great. I think everyone's going to love hearing from him. Do you think we should start the show? Let's start the show. Cue that music. University Stern Campus, this is Stern Chats, the podcast that tells the hidden stories between the lines of someone's resume. In the interest of serving the Stern community, building relationships, and unlocking important life lessons, we present these stories to a wider audience. Here with today's program are your hosts, Frank Ferricchio and Sherry Holt. We are so happy to have Jordan Harris here today. So you, you played professional basketball. You've had a great career at IMG. We know you here at Stern, but for people that don't, just for a radio audience, can you give us like a 20-second intro? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Jordan Harris uh, moved here from Los Angeles. Before that, I was playing professional basketball overseas, uh, and then I worked at IMG for a little over eight years doing event management, production, consulting. And about a year ago, I started here at Stern looking to pursue opportunities in entertainment, media, and or technology and sports, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm sure it'll go great. Sherry, uh, fun facts about Jordan. He's uh, the second tallest fella in this building. Mm. <laughs> the other one is also a pro basketball player, yeah. or a yeah. former pro basketball player. Yeah. And he's in the top 5% of handsomeness. Oh, th- thank you. Thank you. <laughs> other tell, than tell my mom yourself. And Bob. And Bob. Bob. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Bob. Bob, we put you in the top 5% of handsomeness category. Wow, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> no thanks, Bob, for the booth. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Jordan. Actually, for the second time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> because the first Interesting time, story. Yes, the first time Jordan came to tell us all his stories, we uh, were much more low-budget production, and uh, using our poor equipment... After talking to him for 90 minutes, we lost all of the tape. Yes, it was uh, one of the, the low moments of Probably our early days of Stern Chats. It wasn't on purpose, Jordan. I, I, <laughs> this uh, sucks. Yeah, delete. delete. <laughs> I, um, after we heard your story and we lost the tape, I mm-hmm. went home, laid in bed, and stared at the ceiling for three hours. Mm-hmm. I and hope th- that's not true. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm talk to Dan. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> no, it was, it was sad. But no, I mean, seriously, I mean, thanks for being a good sport and, uh, and, and coming back. Yeah, I really course. appreciate it. Yeah. So can can you start us off with just like your basketball career, right? Okay. How did you get started in basketball? You know, how did you come to love basketball? I'm sure a lot of it has to do with my my dad. He played basketball in college at a school called Cheney State. I don't even know if it, if it's still around. And I'm sure from the time like I like I would do. Uh, 
if, if and, and when we have a, a son uh, throw a basketball in, in their hands. Have you talked to your wife age. about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I talk <laughs> to her about it all the time. We're we pregnant. Are, I already have, like, names picked out. Yeah, that's a weird way to let her know that on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm sure my dad was had basketball in my hand. So it's pretty much been the only sport I've played my entire life. I, I've just been basketball all the time. Just started getting better and better. Started getting a little taller. Start kind of believing in myself, thinking something can happen. Yeah, what um, point was that when you were? Because I mean, we've all like I played fourth grade basketball. Yeah. I mean, you can't see me because it's the radio, but I'm I'm five, I'm five eight, <laughs> solid five hey, eight. Height, height has nothing to do with it. It's a, it's hard. That's true. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas is kind of making exactly. us rethink height in basketball. Yeah. It's a it's a skill set. JJ Brad, you know, there's a lot of guys that are that are small that can put in work. But my sophomore year of high school, I earned my way on the to varsity, and I was the only sophomore on varsity. Yeah, just kept. Practicing, working hard, um, you know, make like all state teams and all that kind of stuff. And then went off to college. I went to Colgate for two years. Yeah, my uh, recruiting story, that's a whole nother uh, podcast, but ended up at Colgate. Wait, can you give us like um, a, can you give us a little bit of it? Yeah, just no direction. Got invited to camps. I didn't know what I was doing. My parents got divorced, so it was just like my mom in the house and my brother. Just I just didn't know how to go about it. it this was pre-internet, guys, before everything was so readily accessible. And, you know, I, it wasn't like I was sharing videos. It was a matter of like making cassette, you know, VHS tapes. Oh, and man. Like, but not knowing how any of that worked. Um, you didn't know how a VCR worked? I know what a VCR <laughs> worked, but, like, who to, who to talk process. to and how to talk to them. But, yeah, so just kind of fell through the cracks. Yeah, I was, but, uh, yeah, I was, like, decent. You know, I was, uh, like, first team All-State, and the other guy on first team was, like, Richard Jefferson. We're the same, same class, played on, like, the same All-Star teams and, like, all that kind of stuff. But Richard Jefferson... It's still, it's still playing. Still playing. Yeah, yeah. He just won a, a championship mm-hmm. with LeBron James. Yeah. And you were the same. Yeah, we were, we were in the same class. I'm obviously not as good as Richard, but we were on, you know, both first team All-State. Uh, and he went on to, like, bigger and, and better things within basketball. And I just kind of fell through the cracks, ended up at Colgate. So that was my, yeah, but, that was my story there. So, I mean, but, someone like Richard Jefferson, yeah. I mean, he was still, like, developing his basketball skills at mm-hmm. that point. I mean, he was young. He's a young man. You got to yeah. talk about when you're, like, 18 years old, right? Yeah. Do you think the fact that he had more support in his kind of like basketball camp, yeah, you know, gave you guys different trajectories or contributed to that? Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things in hindsight. For one thing, like I didn't go to this tournament. I forget what tournament it was, but now, like when I see him to this day, he's like, "Man, you should have come to this, you know, X Y Z tournament." I, for, I forget what it was. Wait, so you're you're saying that uh, recent NBA champion Richard Jefferson still gives you a hard time about not going to this yeah, one camp? Yeah, we have like uh, we're Arizona is not that big of a place, and we have uh, similar like friend circles. So I mean, do you think other. he would have let it go at this point? No, nah, it's just something that's funny, you know, when people when he'll introduce me to someone or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, this guy can play, blah blah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it's just one of those things that just didn't work out the the way it could have. But I. Everything happens for a reason. I'm not mad at how things worked out because who knows if I'd have went to a different school and you know have different experiences and different friends, I might not be here speaking to you guys today. So this is definitely the highlight of my life. Yeah, <laughs> be on this podcast. Yes. Well, I mean, it's a real treat for us as well. <laughs> why, why did you want to go to UC Irvine from Colgate? I wanted to get into a bigger school, better basketball situation, and warmer weather. Uh, so I, I looked at all the schools in Southern California. California. That's awesome. Yeah, so tell, us, so tell us about Irvine, UC Irvine, right? Yeah. So now, I mean, like, if this was a movie, yeah. Colgate would be, like, your workout montage. Yeah. And then UC Irvine is when the, when the music would pick up <laughs> and you start to succeed. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Tell us about UC Irvine. Now you're hitting your stride, right? Uh, Yeah, we were, we were pretty good. We won a bunch of games, won conference. So we had 
NBA scouts coming to practice and stuff, and, you know, you really start feeling and, and believing and, and saying, like, all right, you know, maybe they're – and then plus living in Newport Beach, uh, having a really good time with my studies and uh, just <laughs> living studying life. really we hard. We will pretend yeah. <laughs> to believe that. <laughs> it went from, um, you know, went from wearing, like, snow boots and heavy coats to flip-flops and board shorts uh, to class. So it's very uh, – it was much different, but yeah, it was it was just fun. We had we had a good team, great guys. I'm still friends with, yeah, a lot of the guys uh, from that team or, or from the school are, are some of my best friends um, in the world, and it was, yeah, it was just really good vibe. So I, I looked up some of your stats. Yeah, just for your senior season, <laughs> nice. you see your yeah. line, you know, without quoting them to the audience. So yeah, you did average a double double. I don't know if it maybe in conference. Uh, well, I mean, I that's, a, that's a that's a this, you want me to pull it up? No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you had you had a great senior season. Yeah, right. You know yeah, any any right. highlights? Well, I'm just happy I was able to play and do something, and that it did actually get better as the season progressed. Um, yeah, just like I said, it was just I was probably playing at like 40 percent of my level throughout much of the season. But so, how did you actually hurt your knee? Uh, I was playing in uh, this summer league. I want to say it was a Sano tournament in Los Angeles. So I traveled up there with my buddy Aris, and we went. Uh, and so we just had games during the weekend. So I traveled up there and was just playing the game. And actually, before that, a month before that, one of the, just playing in a scrimmage, someone bumped into my knee, and it just caused some um, instability in my knee. And then I did rehab, and I was supposed to be all good. So playing in the Sano tournament, you know, I'm just running down the court and. Very much like Sean Livingston-esque. If anyone remembers that injury, guy that played for the Clippers, I hyper, severely hyperextended my knee, uh, like cracked, like tore my PCL. It's like the ligament in the back. Um, had some like uh, micro fractures along like the, what was it called, the tibial plateau, uh, just where like your 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 knee kind of meets that plateau and your your knee and your knee bone and thigh bone meets. If that's technical terms, I've talked to uh, the doctors in school about that but uh i had some fractures there and it just swole up like immediately and it was just real a real ugly kind of injury and it just came for me just going run down the court and stopping planting my leg couldn't have been any any more normal of a circumstance yeah it was just my my knee was just in, it was there's still some uh instability there from the previous injury and it just messed up and then it was a whole thing driving back to can school you, can you describe the out. feeling though oh it sucks <laughs> yeah like it was like oh like my whole season's done. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? Uh, my, you know, what what does this mean for my future? Like, how, what am I going to do? Because in my mind, if if I wasn't going to, you know, the NBA, I was definitely going to play professionally somewhere else. And you know, you just feel like it's all over in that moment. And yeah, I called did, my buddy Aris. Did you think that, like, as the injury happened, like during the game, how quickly did that thought come to you when oh, you said instantly. it's over? Yeah, instantly. You're, you know, as, as uh, this trainer is like grabbing my knee and touching it and everything, like checking it out. <laughs> yeah, she looks at me like, oh, you should try to give it a try in the second half. And I look at her like, as my knee is swelling up, like, you're crazy. You know, it's like, no. It's like, I am so done, like beyond done. Like, you can just see it swelling up. So I get my coach on the phone, get trainers on the phone, get doctors on the phone, rush down to Irvine and, like, get checked out and then make an appointment. Uh, I want to say it was, like, the very next day to get, like, an MRI, figure out, like, what, what, what we're going to do. Yeah, and, like, calling my mom, like, crying to my mom, like, oh, you know, this, it's, it's all over kind of thing. The next day, before I go to the MRI, I meet with, I forget which one of my coaches. It might have been the trainer I went to the doctors with, but I'm there, like, on crutches at the athletic hall, and here comes my mom. 
out of nowhere, oh. dri- driving up to like be there with me as I'm going to get this MRI. She so she drove like through the night after we got off the phone to be there with me. She knew like what time, you know, uh, you know, because I told her that's a good mom. Yeah, and so she just shows up and we go to the MRI and you know they tell me like it's not as bad. I don't need surgery. Um, just need to do like a lot, a lot of rehab uh, and probably have to wear a knee brace for the season. But then yeah, after the MRI, she's like, all right, you're going to be good, you know. And then she jumps back in her car and drives home. <laughs> yeah. well, wow, I mean, an angel crazy. flying in, yeah, and yeah. then it's uh, it was fantastic. I'm so I'm like so. I'm, yeah. For me and Sherry, I mean, I never got remotely close to being professionally endowed as an athlete. Sherry, were you ever close to being a professional athlete? <laughs> well, just look at me, Frank. Yeah, hey, what is that uh, supposed <laughs> to mean? <laughs> it means no. It means no. <laughs> okay, great. Well, so what I'm kind of Sherry, what I'm kind of wondering is, for someone that hasn't like worked so hard to be there as an athlete, like how can we possibly empathize with that moment of feeling like it's all over? How how is it possible for like us to to understand that? Well, I th- I think another way to say that question is, you know, growing up, I think my parents realized that I was pretty good at a lot of things, but not great mm. at anything. So they were like, <laughs> spread your seed. You know, mm. try this, try that. I mean, for you, you your identity for the past 20 years had been basketball. Yeah, or- yeah it, at that point, it was all about basketball. And I think that might have been one of the first times you know, that forced me to think about something outside of that. There was a lot of decisions, again, that were, like, basketball-centric that I probably, if I could go back and, like, redo things, uh, I probably would have done them a little bit differently, like, thinking for, like, long-term. But I think that was, you know, the time where it kind of crept in my head, like, hey, maybe this isn't going to work out for me with basketball. Although I still, you know, obviously I still pursued it after that injury just because it wasn't as severe as I thought it was going to be. But... That definitely opened me up to the idea of I need to figure something out besides, you know, basketball. During rehab, did you do some of that self-exploration? And start Not playing? at all. No. During, <laughs> during uh, once I found out it wasn't as bad and I could uh, re- rehab and wear a knee brace and still play that season, um, you know, like I did. But it was frustrating. Like I was, uh, you know, I was like super athletic at that point. And so coming, trying to come back with a knee brace on and, like, run and jump, it's, it wasn't the same at all. So, all right, so now you get to the end of your senior season, right? Yeah. College is ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to pick a fork in the road. Yeah. And and how does that the decision to still go pro um, you know, kind of manifest? Well, yeah, there was really not nothing else going on. I, I, I really felt like there was more basketball for me to play. But it wasn't, like, uh, an easy transition. I still wasn't 100%. I had a knee brace on. My stats were decent, but they weren't, like, you know, world-beating stats. Coming from UC Irvine, it's not like I averaged that at Duke or something like that. So I had to, there's still like a lot of rehab, a lot of getting better. And I played on this traveling team that went around like playing other colleges. So it was like all summer, workout, workout, workout. Still with this knee brace on, trying to get the confidence up. Played on this college travel tour team thing. And we played against a bunch of schools in the Southeast, which is pretty cool because we got to play at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Got to play at Florida. Got to play at Wake Forest and played, yeah, played against like a young Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, David Lee at Florida. But anyway, so that was, that was cool. And then we still thought I was going like right away. It didn't happen for me right away. Moved to Arizona while I was doing all that. Then moved back out to California uh, to be around with my friends and like work out and figure out like next steps. Uh, and then from that point on, like got with uh, a different agent figured some stuff out, and then the following season, that's when I went over to, to Germany. 
Um, so it wasn't like an easy thing, you know, like I snapped my fingers and ended up overseas. Like I had to get healthy again and figure it out and get with the right people to, to get me there. That's yeah. incredible that you, you stuck with it, though. And I mean, that, that passion certainly resonated within you. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe this is just pre-internet, but it seems like you're doing a lot of work to yeah. try and like, make sure that you get the opportunities that you've kind of earned for yourself. Yeah, well, I, I just felt like I had friends that were playing overseas, and I felt like I could do the same thing, and I just needed—it's the same thing, you know, like, you know, like I feel like I'm doing here. It's like getting your skills ready to put yourself in the best opportunity to, to take advantage of, you know, the next situation. So all that time, it was just, you know, preparation, preparation, so when, you know, the opportunity does present itself, I could take advantage of it. So where are all the places you played? So you had a career where, you know, you played in Europe, you played in the Middle East. Like, where, yeah. where are all the places and teams? So I was uh, one full season in Germany, in Freiburg, which is in the southwest of um, Germany. And then the following season, I started off in Helsinki, Finland, for a team called Topo. It was like their first year back in Helsinki, so it was pretty cool. I was there for maybe like two months, got into a little snafu with the general manager there. He, We weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye. He was, he was a crazy guy. And they also wanted to bring in Dennis Rodman for like an exhibition game. So I get into a snafu, and now I, I in hindsight, I feel like he engineered this. Uh, we get into a fight, and I'm like, whatever. I leave, and then like a week later, like Dennis Rodman is on the team. It was kind of funny. And what happened um, to you? Like in your place? Yeah, yeah. And so, at, so then I, I went to uh, I went to uh, Luxembourg for like three weeks. I was like, whatever, I'm out of here. Call my agent. It's very uh, fluid. The whole European basketball situation. This this isn't like a rare occurrence. But call my agent. Like, hey, this isn't working out. You know, I get collect my money from my team there. Get on a plane. Go to fly to Luxembourg. They needed a guy because one of their guys got hurt. Um, played there for like three weeks. And then from Luxembourg, I went to Helsingborg, Sweden, which is in the south of Sweden. After Sweden, following season, I ended up in Kuwait because the guy, the coach I met in Luxembourg, got a job in Kuwait. And he was like, hey, come, you know, come with me out to Kuwait. What do you think about that? Uh, I played basketball in, in Kuwait for full season. So I lived there for like 10 months straight in Kuwait City. So during that time, you know, throughout the year, it's like, you, you know, you get a reputation in the country or whatever. And I got invited to this, uh, like, basketball festival thing in Damascus. I think now in, in current events, it's kind of interesting what's going on in, uh, in Syria. Obviously, it's, like, crazy. But for me, it's kind of funny for me because I, I was in a dunk contest in Damascus. Uh, it was put on by Al Jazeera Sports. Uh, I won the first round there. So I was there for, like, a couple days. So I won the first round, got some cash. Flew back to Kuwait and then came out there later for the finals, and I competed against the, this Lebanese triple jumper who was just, like, his bounce was insane, so I, I lost that, but it was still pretty cool. I had, uh, Spud Webb was one of the judges. It's so bizarre, but I have, like, these random pictures from being in Damascus, and so now seeing all the stuff that's, like, happening there and, like, remembering, like, walking around and checking out, like, really, like, unbelievably old, especially when you live in America, like, temples and buildings and you know, just walking through, like, just the city, you're like, wow, there's a lot of history here. And so you see just everything on TV now. And, and then when we were there, they're like, oh, yeah, this guy, you know, Assad, he's coming into power. Um, and, you know, people aren't really liking him so much. And then watching it all, like, kind of unfold over the years is just a little wild. Yeah, I mean, that. were they in Syria? Were they receptive to like a yeah. basketball tournament? Uh, loving it there. Yeah, they had they had like a crowd. It was all it was like a made for TV kind of thing. So, 
you, you know, like everything there is like super old. So you're like walking up to this building, it's all like dilapidated, but then you walk inside and like everything is kind of hooked up nice. They had cheerleaders, they had all the, the lighting going on, they had stands set up, and it was, it was a, it was like a full house, and they were like giving away like a TV, or not a TV, a car. Something like Those I are very remember. different things. Like yeah, yeah, the way you win a TV versus yeah, winning I was a car. Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, I won this dunk contest in Syria, and I got this 32-inch flat screen. I'm, for I'm my trying trouble. to think the 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 first place prize. Like I, it was like tens of thousands of dollars that I missed out on for winning. I won a good amount of money in the first like preliminary round, but like the championship money would have been real nice to to walk walk away with. But you um, lost to a triple jumper, which yeah, from is a mystery to me. What is what is a triple jumper? You know, like the Olympic, like the triple jumper, they're like. Oh, uh, for a radio audience that can't see you, oh, yeah. that motion with your hands. <laughs> you know, like your little fingers oh, are like. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the triple, you know, you're like, you run and you jump three times. I, I think it's like a skip, jump, and a hop. No. Yeah. <laughs> that isn't right, is it? Skip. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's like, like a long two, stride. two low skips and then a long, long jump. Bob, do you know what a triple oh. jumper is? Uh, actually, I don't. Oh, man. She got a triple jump. The Olympics. You know, yeah. like... Well, I, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I just yeah. I wouldn't know how to describe it. It just yeah. seems like... Oh, it's oh in description terms. Yeah. yeah. It is kind of a... Yeah, it's kind of a skip. Yeah, come on. It's like a skip, a jump, we'll, and like... We'll afterwards, we'll, we'll, we'll pull up some video, Sherry, to... Why don't we up. recreate it <laughs> no, in not the at studio? All. <laughs> I would love to see your version of a yeah, triple no jump. no way. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so even if you don't know what a triple jumper is, because the name is called triple and then jumper, you assume that that person has got... Incredible set of legs to yeah. hop very high towards a basketball hoop. Exactly. That's and, all. You know. uh, and I, I can't remember yes. what he was. He was smaller than me, and obviously, when you're smaller, and you can jump super high, it just looks that oh, much more aesthetic. impressive. Yeah, exactly. And uh, here's another fun side story. Uh, so during this time, uh, when in between uh, Sweden and Kuwait, and that's during that summer, one of my best friends, Aris, who I played basketball with at Irvine. He's a guy who was there with you when you injured your knee. Yeah, exactly. Good, good recall. Nice. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, he he was on Survivor. He actually won Survivor season twelve, and he I want to say it was season twelve. And he hits me up like, "Hey, uh, I know Survivor. They they need a black dude. Um, oh yeah, by radio <laughs> listeners, I'm a black man. Uh, they need a black dude. Like, shoot a video, send it in, and you're gonna be on Survivor if you want to be on Survivor." I'm like, I don't, Aris, I don't, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm going to play basketball. He's like, just do it, you know, like, whatever. If it doesn't work out, I'm like, all right, cool. So shoot this video, send it in. So, you know, a couple weeks later, I get all this paperwork. I'm on Survivor if I want to be, just sign all this paperwork. And at the same, within, like, the same week or a couple of days, I, I get an offer, uh, go through this whole thing. Quaid, I'm like, I'm a basketball player. Yeah, so this, went, way, this is when Survivor was, like, the show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I was like, it's nope, like, I'm going to Kuwait. Uh, so I ended up leaving and, and going oh my to God. But I had the chance to be on Survivor whatever season that would have been. Um, I mean, how, yeah. do, how do you even choose between those two things? Easily. You would have been a reality star. Yeah, I'm what? not going to be a the reality TV dude. But uh, I, I do think that's funny. My brother was like, why aren't you doing this? But, yeah, ended up in Kuwait for that whole season, um, and that was it. And then after that, I was just like, you know what, I'm done with this basketball stuff and, and moved, moved back out to L.A.
So hold on a second. So far with your 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 professional basketball career, yeah. some of the things that have happened, yeah. let's just recap for people, yeah. is that you've been replaced by Dennis Rodman, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you've been offered a, a, a slot on Survivor, one of the most popular television shows in America yeah. at the time. Yeah. yeah, not too shabby, Jordan. So it's just so ran- like randomness uh, of everything. But yeah, then I, I moved back to LA, and then this is a part of, to get back to like mentors and stuff. Throughout that, that time, I, I forget when exactly, but some some point during my senior year, met again another one of my best friends, and his dad was the one who was like very much like, "Hey, you need to do something outside of of this basketball stuff because you know I, I think there's more for you out here." So that that was something that was like always in the back of my mind, and so I think despite yeah, if if I showed you pictures of how like in shape I was at the time when I left Kuwait and the potential, like yeah, I just had someone. A couple months ago, like, hey, are you still playing? Do you want to play? Like, I was, I was playing like really well in Kuwait, and I, but it, just for me, I, I, was, I think I was telling myself like, this is the end of, this is the end of, of, of basketball for me. I just decided to call it quits probably when I was playing, the best I'd, I'd ever played in my life. But how'd you know um, that it was done? Yeah. Right? I, I, I just decided, like, I just didn't want to, you know, you hear stories about guys playing forever, and it's not like I was making like millions of dollars. Don't get it you know, confused. I was making a good amount of money, but I wasn't making millions of dollars. And I, I just decided, like, I wanted to be involved in the business of sports, not like sports entertainment, not just, you know, a player. And if I didn't get out then at the time, um, again, this was when I was like 26. So if I didn't get out then, you know, I would probably be stuck playing basketball or being a, a coach. And, and I didn't want to go that route. I, th- I felt that there was a, a better route for me. So I, I just took it so, and, I, and I left. But I mean, so a lot of your life, like to that point, right, you know, yeah. you had been one track basketball, which is yeah. why the knee injury was so challenging for you. Yeah. Y- you had to make your own path in a lot of ways. How did you even come to like learn about the fact that, you know what, I want to be the guy doing the business of sports? Yeah. You know, how'd you even get that knowledge? So yeah, so yeah, my buddy's dad is a like a prominent figure in in Hollywood. He was uh, one of the co-founders of of CAA, and so yeah, even at the time, like I didn't even know the importance of that or what, or what that means. Uh, creative Artists Agency, and so him talking to me or wanting to, uh, or just giving me that advice, I didn't even like looking back. I didn't put too much weight on it. Um, I just took it as like, oh, you know, this is Chris's dad, and he's an awesome dude. And he's offering to help, so let me take the help. And that's, you know, a, a big part of it. I was like, you know what, I can, I can go back to LA. I have a, a home base, and I can help like figure things out. And we'll, you know, go through the process of of what it's going to take to, you know, to get me in the right position. And so after getting done playing basketball, I did just that. I went to LA. And you, you know, put basketball away forever. For yeah, forever. Besides, like uh, rec league, you know, still get it done in rec league a little bit. And yeah, started going all over to different agencies and and uh, yeah, marketing agencies. Because uh, I, I didn't know what what side I wanted to be on, like marketing agencies, advertising agencies, sports agencies, PR agencies, and yeah, talent agencies, anything with agency in it. <laughs> uh, and ended up at, at IMG. Um, and this is when the slam ball stuff comes in. That was like my first job. Another fun uh, side story here. So when I, I fly out here, meet with some people at IMG New York, like, oh, there's a slam ball project you'd probably be perfect for since you just got done playing basketball. You might know some of the dudes, which I did, uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, some guys I played against in college and then some other guys. They're, they're playing slam ball. But they're playing slam ball. And I'm the guy, you know, this is P, you know, it's like a PA 
just starting off production assistant, you know, with my clipboard, and they're, like, making fun of me, like, why aren't you <laughs> playing? Like, you, right, you could right, play. Right. And I'm like, nope, you know, that's not my yeah, life I'm a businessman now. Yeah, exactly. Right? But, yeah. Oh, you, like, quit cold turkey on yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And, and there were a couple times, too, where they're like, you should really be playing. But anyway, I just Wait, how, like, did you, not, how did that make you feel, though? Because, all right, you made it, like, a really tough decision, you know, and you said, I'm overseas, I'm playing professionally, but I'm going to quit. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to switch gears. And yeah. then you get to IMG, which is like an amazing opportunity for you. Yeah. And the first thing they tell you is, hey, do you want to work on Slam Ball? Yeah. By the way, maybe you should be playing instead. Yeah. Well, it was one. So, yeah. So when I, when I flew out to interview with the Slam Ball people in, in Los Angeles, uh, one of the guys uh, doing the interview was one of my former agents. Because he was a slam ball player, like, way back in the day. And it was so funny, like, walking into this room and not knowing. I was like, Rob, you know, like, what are you doing here? And he's like, yeah, I'm part of the team. I was like, ah. So, obviously, like, I got the job. So that was, <laughs> I think it was funny. Like, I do think in hindsight, it was like, wow, that was, like, one of the big reasons why. Because I had no idea what I was doing. The whole audience may not know what slam ball is. Yeah. Can you so, just describe what that first project was for you? Yeah, so it's basically, basically like basketball mixed with football played on a court that has trampolines in it. And the trampolines are just under the part, just under or near the, the basket. So guys are able to like do crazy dunks. Uh, and it's like real physical. As I, these guys are jumping like 10 feet in the air. It's, it's nuts. Um, and it's a lot of fun, live, actually, you know. Sure. Have you seen this, the slam ball? I've seen clips of it. It's it's basically like a grown-up bounce house, right? Well, that's one way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah. And it's, it is it is actually fun. Like, in person, it's fun. And they're actually still playing it in China. The, uh, it was really popular on TV for yeah, a while. Yeah, Spike TV. Yep. And uh, we were on, like, CBS. But it was mainly Spike. And what's it? There's another. I think word. it was... It was definitely on Spike, but I think it might have been on FX. Yeah, it was like one of the one yeah. of those like guys, the guys channel, you know, like one of those kind <laughs> of like things. eating meat and potatoes, yeah, just exactly, watching yeah. beef jerky, lifting Slam weights. And yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that was that was the first project, and then from there, I got hired by this event that does or this event, this group that does events in uh, in Los Angeles and like all sorts of stuff. So it was really, and that was the whole point in working within events. It's kind of like a microcosm for everything else that, that happens within sports. So you, sports and entertainment. So you get sponsors, production, talent, all the logistics, all the, the good, fun stuff that no one likes to do or see. My, my event, one that was actually kind of fun for me, which might have helped me get here, get into Stern, it was uh, an event I like uh, thought of, pitched, Sold, produced, and the whole thing it was like an one. Uh, it was like a summer basketball tournament in Philadelphia, and it was like a celebrity kind of infused high stakes basketball tournament. We had uh, Jermaine Dupree was there, Sean Kemp, Lance Stevenson, Jules Santana, Mike Bivens. The, the, all those guys like had their own team that they like ran, and then they played for. A bunch of money played for a hundred thousand dollars. Wait, that's a lot of fun. Hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Who's gonna yeah. put up that money? And and one did, and one. So I flew out here. So luckily, like I was the basketball guy at IMG. So any basketball related projects, somehow my my boss uh, did a good job of like making sure I would see it. So I saw this and like, hey, and one needs help. So I got to fly out here, got to sit in this meeting, and when they're like going through stuff, I'm like, guys, you know, would be really fun like this. So I pitched my idea, and they actually liked it. Then I had to, like, put it together, put, like, numbers and ideas. And then I had 
yeah, it was kind of nuts. We, I had like four months to throw it all together without knowing like any of those people I mentioned before. And like, yeah, it was just a lot to figure out, but figured it out. We got it done. It could have been better, just a, a couple little tweaks, but we did the event. It was fun. It was like a great success and a failure and a success all at the same time. <laughs> um, it, was a, it was a success sandwich with some of the yeah, failure yeah. just, you know, stuck right in just there. A thin, just a thin layer. Just, a, yeah. <laughs> just to give the sandwich some taste. Because it was... Some it was, heft. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so it, what, what were some of the highs and lows of that Oh, it was experience? great. We were all, like, uh, we made Sports Center. Uh, we, we recorded a bunch of stuff, a lot of interviews that never made it to, like, the light of day for whatever reason. We kind of brought to life this idea of like this high stakes basketball tournament thing uh, concept that you see now there's this group the basketball tournament that's doing it now which is kind of funny because they did a high stakes basketball tournament in Philadelphia the very next year as soon as they find out as soon as they found out we weren't doing it they did it you're like um, that's and my I like, idea yeah and I was yeah. like I told you guys I told you guys <laughs> there's a future here and you took all the risk too and they're still doing it yeah that's how you know somebody had is, to uh, pave the way exactly what is that uh, it's, it's not who does it first it's like who does it best and it's usually the person who goes second that figures it out and hopefully they'll figure it out because I do think there is uh, potential there for something in the summer um, so that's like kind of the the failure side of it, but it's also cool to see a concept like that still living and breathing and people participating and having fun. Um, well, how did you get yeah. how did you get the confidence to sit in a meeting and pitch that you with without the experience of doing it before? Yeah, are gonna just in four months put together the and one like yeah. showdown for a hundred thousand um, dollars? Well, because I, I produce events, so we do you know and, and you know kudos to my boss. Uh, get thrown into the fire a lot, and there's a lot of things that you just have to figure out with not a lot of time, so you're just used to, to doing that. And it's, yeah, I hadn't done a basketball tournament before, but I've done events before, um, like big events. And it's like, if you give me the money, I can figure it out. I don't care what it is. Um, did you say exactly that? No, I did not say exactly that, but I had to put together a budget, and we came in way under budget too, by the way. Um, well, that's another piece of success bread in the yeah, yeah. successful your sandwich. <laughs> exactly. I was like, hey. Uh, yeah, and just telling them, like, hey, you know, this is my vision for what would make sense for basketball in the summertime, especially to get them back to the roots of what and one was all about. If people remember, it's like being on a, a tour bus and going around. Like, I had it all mapped out, like, what, what you could do in the second and third year, you know, based on this one event. And, yeah, we just did the one event. And, you know, it's like... You had some private money jumping into the mix, and people weren't liking the returns and what things were like, blah, 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 blah. Things that, again, gave me the impetus to come to, to school so I can speak their language a little bit better next time. That's wow. interesting. How, so, so that experience you had with this basketball tournament, yep. I mean, you just said that it was the impetus for coming to Stern. Yeah, one of them. One of them yeah. and it was that because you learned so many lessons, you're like, I need to advance my education in this, or is it because you're like, I need to pivot and change? Well, uh, partly because the people that were making the decisions weren't basketball people, they weren't brand people, they weren't marketing people, they were finance people, they were like business people, and again, it's happened again with uh, WME IMG, um, you know, being backed by, you know, private equity, and it's the, the people that, not saying it's a good or bad thing, but I just, I, I feel like I understand that. I need to have some level of, of understanding or a better understanding of, of how they frame things, how they think about things. So, yeah, that's kind of a big reason why it took a timeout. You know, there's enough writing on the wall like, hey, let me 
despite my despite my level, uh, let me uh, come back come back to school and and figure some things out and learn. So you sort yeah. of felt like you were hitting some sort of ceiling. Yeah. Where that only education could fill. Well, yeah, it's one of those education or like an, another uh, fifteen years of, of work, and I feel like I my my experiences are, are varied enough. Um, my background is varied enough. Um, I network is big enough that I, I felt like I could achieve more, but there's yeah, not a ceiling or just something there that weren't allowing those opportunities to flow to me. Um, so I just wanted to change my yeah, change my script, change what was going on, and 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 I took the opportunity to, to come back to school. Yeah, there's only so much your your network or you know your charm can get you. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. At some point, you have to be able to yeah. crunch the numbers. And yes. And to be fair, you got pretty far on just charm. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it, it is it is definitely one of those things. Like I realized, like what what needed to happen, what what could happen, what should happen, and I I just took the chance to to do it. Now you're a guy that you've always had a, a team, right? Mm-hmm. So you had a basketball team, and then like as you tried to like ascend, you had like a team of friends that helped you and stuff. Yeah. And now you're here at Stern, and you're in like an MBA school environment. Yeah. You know, how do you exist here? Do you feel like that same like teamwork sort of camaraderie? Yeah, I, I would say there's there's a, a nice group of friends I have here. It, it's it's funny like the experiences because I, yeah I I was way different you know, in college than I am now. You know, now, for one, like, now I'm married, so I'm not really raging the way I used to. So I think the connections you build are a little bit different um, from this context as as it was when I was, like, single and, like, you know, just out way more. But I, I like the, the team of people around me, and I, I feel like so many people here at Stern, it's just so cool. I, I was just talking to um, the admins or, or, or people that have the chance to just accept whatever you call them, what's the correct term? Is it admin? Perspectives? Perspectives, yeah. They're, but they're admitted. like admitted. Uh, incoming students. Incoming students. Incoming students. But just talking to them about, uh, who are on the fence, right? Just talking to them about like how stern the culture here, just everyone is so nice. Um, it's very, very rare to get like a cold shoulder from someone. And if you do, it's probably because they're having a bad day. And I, I would, I really would consider anyone that, that go at this point, any person that went to stern, it's like, hey, you know, we're we're stern family, you know, and that's kind of like the the team. And within that team there are a couple people that of course it just happens you're a little bit closer to. But in comparison to like friends from like way that I've I've had yeah, some of my best friends I've known for twenty years, so it's a bit it's hard to say, you know, a best friend from Stern in comparison to oh, yeah, yeah. some of my other guys. No, I don't mean compare. I just mean yeah. that, like, are you are you feeling like that warmth? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. There's there's a lot of warmth here. Jordan, you've absolutely said it all. I mean, you told us a great story about ascending in your basketball career, about thinking you lost it all when you got injured, playing overseas, and then doing event production with IMG and having a great career there. We're, we're so happy to have you at Stern. Thanks so much for sitting down and talking to us. Well, you're welcome, guys. I'm, I'm glad to do this for a second time. Um, yeah, sorry, for, we lost your tape. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you guys are doing this. I think this is awesome. I've listened to uh, all the other podcasts up to this point. I think you guys are doing a great job, and I hope it keeps going. I, lo- I love listening to the stories. Yeah, it was, it was better the second time, by the way. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> cool. Did you have fun? I'll save my bad jokes. Uh, yeah, I had, uh, I, right. I, had, I had a lot of fun. As long as you had fun. Yeah, Jerry, for sure. Did you have fun? I certainly did. Thank all you right. so much for being here.